This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the Happy as a Mother podcast, and today we are welcoming Tara LaRock, founder and CEO of Mindful Mamas. Tara is a psychologist, women's health advocate, writer, and mom of two small children. And today she's here to talk to us about all things mindfulness. And she is a great one to do it, guys, because she has just founded and launched an app for moms, specifically for moms called Mindful Mamas. So today we're going to unpack what mindfulness really is, why it's so important, and practically how we as really busy moms can incorporate mindfulness into our daily routines and lives and schedules. In this interview, Tara and I get really vulnerable and open about our stories, the stories behind the professionals, I guess, if you will, and our experiences and what has helped us to come through those hard and challenging times in motherhood. So get ready, get set. This is going to be an awesome conversation to tune into. Before jumping in, let's get to the iTunes review of the week. This review comes from Tara and Carol, and it's titled Fantastic Mom Resource. This podcast really hits the nail on the head. From a mom and psychotherapist who has been there, Erica offers support, practical advice, and interviews other professionals to be involved in these vital discussions. Whether you are experiencing a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder, feeling the load of motherhood, or work in the new mom population in any capacity, this podcast is a must listen. Thank you so much, Erica, for creating such a wonderful resource. You guys sure know how to make a mom, how to make a girl feel good, because man, those words really touch my heart. They really resonate with me. And I appreciate you taking the time to let me know that this podcast is having an impact and helping you to feel seen and heard and understood. So thank you for taking the time and thank you for showing up here with me to tune into these conversations. Your time is valuable, I know, and it means the world that you're here with me. So let's tune into my conversation with Tara. Welcome to the Happy as a Mother podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host and registered psychotherapist, Erica Jossa. Let's work together in letting go of shame and guilt, accepting where we are in our journey, and moving towards becoming the women we want to be. We will hear from experts, learn practical tips, and listen in on honest conversations. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Okay, let's dive in. Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. I've been looking forward to this interview. We've been getting to know each other back and forth on Instagram, trying to coordinate this for a little while. So thank you for taking the time with the kids at home and work on the go and everything to be with here, here with us today. 
Oh my goodness, of course. I'm so excited. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to expose my blunder of how, how I missed our, our, our meeting last week. Um, this work from home, you know, full-time momming, full-time working, passing the kids back and forth between my husband and myself, I, I feel so disorganized. <laughs> so oh, I'm glad goodness. we could finally connect and, and you gave me a second chance. Oh my goodness. Of course. And I think that um, I absolutely would not expose you. But <laughs> you up, I think that it's such a, um, it's a good thing for listeners to know that we are so beyond human as well. I feel like sometimes as we have these, these businesses or these online platforms, people look at us and they're like, Oh my goodness. Like, how does she do it? Or I get like, how do you do it all, all the time? And it's like, I really don't, no. you know, we really, we really don't. We really like, sleep through things or the kids are up sick and we miss things and we, you know, we're human. And oh, I, yeah. I just so appreciate you taking the time to be here. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. We have to just give ourselves grace and it's just opportunities for self-compassion and just empathy. You know, we're, we're all just kind of fumbling our way through this. And, uh, yeah, I just really appreciate you being so kind when I, when I called you last week, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed our, our podcast <laughs> recording. So I'm like happy winging to be here. It. This is my <laughs> motto. We're just like winging it through life. We may look like we have it together. Really. It's like a duck with like above the water. I look like I'm coasting underneath. I'm like frantic <laughs> trying to keep yes. all of the things moving. <laughs> That's what it feels like, especially during COVID. Like I'm, I we're know. all in the fog, I feel like. But So I would love for the listeners to get to know you a little bit because you have a Mindful Mamas app, which is amazing. And we're going to talk a little bit about it. And our focus is mindfulness today. But I really, in getting to know you and to prepare for our interview, like I really have fallen in love with your story and how um, really vulnerable and transparent you are. I feel like I've built my platform off of a similar stance of just using my own personal experiences. And I've been open about my own postpartum depression journey. Um, and it really helps me to understand and relate to moms in a different way. And so you've had your own um, sort of motherhood experience paired with your own clinical you know, experience that has brought you to this, this place and this platform you're building. Would you mind sharing some of that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is, it's really unique. It's really interesting when you think you have your life mapped out in terms of, you know, your career and your professional goals and who you think you're going to be as a mother. And then to have it just flipped on its head, like it happened for me and be propelled and just directed a completely different direction. I, I still think about it a lot on how, how I got to where I am today. And really, it goes back to something that I heard from Oprah, who is, you know, the mother of all mothers. I just love her. To, she's just incredible. But she mm -hmm. said, you know, you, you have to find purpose in your pain. And that is really what happened for me. And um, my story is I... Am a child, family, and school psychologist, and I was, I was really good at it. I love being with kids. I mean, I am definitely the one, like the first one, to join in on um, like imaginative play. I, I just think kids have the most in, amazing 
imagination and they bring so much joy to me. And that's how I've been my whole life. I just wanted to be with children and and playing Mm -hmm. with them and serving them. And, um, I loved, I loved my job, but it was really stressful. And I was in a pretty intense environment with work and I was so focused on taking care of everybody else. I really didn't have a good self-care practice. Um, and when I became a mother, you know, you just become so raw and your emotions are so raw and everything is so new again. You're not this expert in your life. You, you struggle at like what you think you should be good at. Um, things are just mm-hmm. harder. And so for me, you know, like I had a lot of shame at, when I became a mother because I felt like I wasn't good at it. And yet I had been around kids like my whole life. And so that was really confusing for me. And then I couldn't unpack when I went back to work three months postpartum, which is so ridiculous to ask. That is, it's actually three months postpartum is actually like crazy. I can't believe that. Puppies are with their baby or with their mothers longer than human babies are with their mothers. Like if you think about it, you can't even adopt a puppy. Like, (laughs) you know, like for so many moms are going back like three, four weeks postpartum in some moms. It's insane. It's just, you're not, you're not meant to, you're not meant to do that. That's just, it's just not right. And I mean, that's one of my missions in life with, with my, with mindful mamas is we really want to be on the right side of, of treating moms and new, new babies and, and really keeping that bond sacred. So yeah, I think for me, you know, then going back and being thrown into the thrushes of, of being a full-time working new mom that was already kind of struggling in a sense. Um, it just created a perfect storm for postpartum depression. And I couldn't unpack my trauma from the trauma of the children I was serving. And it just became so enmeshed and so blended. And I had so much shame. I really thought Mm. like, you know, I had gone to school for nine years to be a psychologist. Like I should know this. (laughs) Like I should be able to cope with this. And I was so blindsided. And so that really was the start of my shift to um, moving from working with kids directly to working with the parental unit and, and mothers especially. Yeah, I can so relate to that story as you're talking about like you have gone to school, you've learned the skills, you're the one helping, you know, like uh, that was me and I was so blindsided by my postpartum after my third because again, it was kind of a perfect storm of I'd had three very young kids back to back. I had three under three, oh you know, gone from being this like achieving, really career oriented, really A type personality to now being this like fully at home, full time mom with three young children, just like couldn't even like find myself, you yeah. know, and feeling so like, I should have the answers. Like mm-hmm. I have the skills. I should be able to will myself out of this place, you know, um, or so just called- wait it out. You know, like that's what I yeah. thought. I was like, well, maybe if I just wait, if I just wait a little longer yeah. and then you get into that cycle where you're waiting and all of a sudden a year goes by and you know, I don't even remember a lot of my daughter's first year. And that is so, I mean, it, it I, I've accepted it now, but at the time, like it felt so, so sad and so tragic. 
Yeah. Yeah, because you felt like you were just like in a fog and just really trying to survive. Oh, yeah. I was just yeah. so in, you know, like I I had postpartum depression, but I also had OCD. And mm. so I was really, <laughs> I I was so stuck in my head, in my thoughts. I, I really like thought about worst case scenarios all the time. I was super anxious. I was constantly thinking about just every possible thing that could go wrong. And I felt like I was so in my own experience, I couldn't enjoy what was happening around me or even notice what was happening around me. It was just, yeah, like you said, just kind of in this fog, this heaviness. And I can really see how the antidote to that is mindfulness. Oh, yeah. I can really see how this, you know – this storm, you, like you said, as you found your way through it and you found meaning through it, you're able to help others. So we're going to talk about how you've done that and how mindfulness plays such a big role because um, being being in our thoughts and being in our intrusive thoughts, our OCD thoughts or worries or mom fog or depression in our head in general takes us out of those precious moments that we're trying to like sear into our memory, right? Yeah. So can we unpack, because I know mindfulness is a really, really big buzzword Mm -hmm. right now, and I want people to understand practically, like, what does mindfulness mean and what does that look like? Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I think if you would have told me when I was struggling that I was going to learn how to love my mind, I would have told you you're crazy because like my my mind was turning on me and and I don't even the thing that I really want to make clear to, to the listeners is that, you know, mindfulness is something that can wake you up to the beauty that is your life, whether you have, whether your motherhood comes with a diagnosis or not. And so I think, you know, for me, mindfulness was the missing link to my healing. And it was actually the thing that gave me the awareness to realize I didn't have to live like I was living anymore. And there was so much more for me and my experience as a, as a mother and as a person. But, Mm -hmm. um, I've also, you know, seen people who are in really good place in their life and, and really, you know, just feeling great, (laughs) like where they are and they, they find mindfulness and all of a sudden they, even go beyond that threshold, which they didn't even Mm -hmm. think was possible. And so I feel like mindfulness in simple terms is just your ability to either zoom in or zoom out of your experiences. So for example, like a lot of us are doing, you know, back-to-back Zoom meetings where we're staring at our screen Mm -hmm. for, for so many hours and we're so zoomed in to our computer and like what's happening there that we miss the opportunity to maybe take a step back and to notice what's going outside your window. Like right now, you know, just look Mm -hmm. at, look outside your window. Like, do you see a breeze? Do you see life happening out there? Is there Nate, like, uh, you know, animals or, or people walking by and we miss out on those opportunities to just take those moments to realize what what's going on around us that that there's a life happening that's bigger than what's right in front of us 
Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's other times where you're so zoomed out and you don't, you know, like you're in your, you're in your head maybe, or you're just like so zoomed out on big picture things, um, kind of running around the house, cleaning up and you forget to notice the details of like how beautiful, you know, your child's hands are as they sit there and play with blocks. And like, you forget to notice those little dimples in their hands when they have, when they're Mm -hmm. little and, and just the intricacies of the way that the light is shining in on them through, through the back door. And so mindfulness for me, it's just really a way to, like I said, either the ability to zoom in to the things that you care most about or to zoom out and realize that what you're doing or what you're thinking about or what you're perseverating on or what you're stressing about isn't, isn't, going to be like that forever, that there's more, Mm -hmm. there's more to discover for you. Yeah. It's really, it's a really powerful concept. Like I I talk to con to clients about it like this, like being on autopilot, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're driving and you get to work and you're like, wait a minute, like what, what turns did I even take to get here? Like you're so disconnected and in your thoughts and on autopilot with what you're doing that you're you're missing out on the things that are like very in front of you um and and as moms like I know that I'm so guilty of that right like I'm with the kids and the kids are playing and I'm thinking about bedtime routine and what has to be cooked and like all the things that I just lack being present and I mean there are times for that we can't be present every single moment of the day um but also it's so important to be mindful like aware of that so that we can pull our ourselves into those moments and have those real connected times, right? Yeah. I think, you know, for me, I say mindfulness just helps me get in little sips of self-care throughout the day where I really am Mm -hmm. checking in with my body. I really am checking in with my thoughts. I'm checking in with my surroundings and what's going on. And I don't feel so depleted at the end. Like I just kind of ran myself on that hamster wheel that just keeps going and going with no end until you fall off exhausted. And that yeah. was really the biggest shift for me is I had a full-time career. I, you know, I was a mother, I was a, a, a wife, I have great friends and I have hobbies and I just felt so just kind of consumed by the busyness that, of life that I did feel exhausted by the end of mm-hmm. the day. And now that I've adopted this practice and become, become so just obsessed with serving other women and teaching other women how to get in those small sips of self-care that don't take a lot of time, it yeah. just, it, it's like a light bulb goes off and all of a sudden you just, you just feel more complete and you feel more whole and you feel more joy and you feel less shame and less guilt And it's incredible what it does for your whole family unit because, you know, your kids really mirror us. And and that that is a huge responsibility in itself. I remember when I learned about, you know, you know, when you yawn and then Mm. somebody else yawns, those are Mm -hmm. those are mirror, you know, you know this. I don't have to explain it to you, but those are mirror those are mirror neurons and our bodies are mimicking what, what it's seeing and little kids, their nervous systems use mirror neurons to attune their, their, their way of being around to the adults around them. 
And so I remember when I learned that, I was like, no, I cannot be responsible (laughs) for regulating anybody else in this world besides myself. And, you know, I, I think at first I felt like a lot of guilt if like I was in a bad mood or if, you know, I moved through something, um, like a little hastily or just not in a line with my values, I would be like, oh, great. Like way to go. You just, you know, completely ruined your, your daughter. Um, Mm. but I realized, you know, we can't be perfect all the time. And of course, we're not going to be regulated all the time. And I think what mindfulness gave me is like the awareness to try again, the awareness to realize I wasn't living in line with my values or I didn't respond in a way that was, you know, I, I was proud of and to try again, to just say, I'm going to try again to work through that with my daughter or with my husband or with whomever I, you know, kind of kind of had the blunder with or around and, and give myself that grace to, to try again and be, be a human being. Yeah. Oh, there's so much truth in that. Like when I became a mom, I didn't realize that. And I've said this before, like 95% of my struggle is going to be regulating myself to regulate these human beings. (laughs) Like, like I never realized that the work of motherhood for me was going to be like, you know, counting to 10 in my head before I respond so yeah. I don't like blow a gasket, you know. But it's so true because not only are we kind of that thermostat for ourselves, but now it, it's so much more than it, it impacts the home, right? And it's a lot of responsibility to carry. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to regulate ourselves. One of the things you said was that mindfulness is a practice. Mm-hmm. And I hear that associated with mindfulness all the time. And I and I understand that it is a, it's like a muscle that we exercise, right? Can we unpack that for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, one thing that I love, I love to start with, that's just like such a fun, a fun way to either start your day or end your day is, um, like with gratitude. And so I heard from another meditation teacher that I just love, and I I wish I could remember um, the name so I could quote appropriately, but they said, gratitude gladdens the heart. And Mm. that just made me smile because I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like it may not happen right away. It may not happen the first time, you know, you say what you're grateful for, you write down what you're grateful for, but in time, it starts to open and allow more goodness to to come in and for you to notice what what you are grateful for, even if it's just the littlest things. Um, yeah. Like, you know, your coffee is the perfect temperature for those 2.5 seconds that you take your <laughs> first sip. And then it's cold the rest of the day or, you know, it's been heated up in the microwave 500 times because you, we you have children. Let's right. be real. Who, who enjoys a whole <laughs> cup of coffee, but just for that one sip, it's so good. And, you know, I think, I think like, you know, mindfulness and like gratitude and like intention setting and just these things that we do to live a purposeful and whole life really does take time and it does build And it's those micro changes that you can do throughout your day that you may not notice right away, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're standing there and like your three-year-old is banging pots and pans when all you want is just one second to finish, you know, your, the email that you have to get out on your phone. And, and you do take those 10, those 10 seconds 
and you realize, oh my goodness, like I, I created some space between my thoughts and my feelings and then my action. I wasn't as reactive. I, I responded, you know, in a way that I could be proud of. Or, or all of a sudden you realize like you're looking in the mirror and your first thought is like, is not, oh my God, I look like crap. It's, it's maybe like, oh wow. Like, um, you know, I, hi, hi, how are you? Or, you know, you, you, I really like the way my eyebrows look today, or I feel really, I feel really grateful. Um, and so, yeah, my body is strong. Yeah. My My body body is strong. (laughs) You know, doing these things for me each day, like I can carry my kids because my body is capable and like things like that. Right. Yeah. And I think it's just all of a sudden you start to realize that this practice is infusing its way into the way you show up in the world. And mm. I think that's really what happened for me. You know, I I took a 10-week mindfulness intensive course for caregivers to help prevent burnout because I was burnt out in, in the field yeah. that I was in. And I was also dealing with, you know, postpartum depression that was going untreated and getting worse by the day. Um, yeah. And I remember we went around the, the room and we talked about what mindfulness gave us and i just started crying and i didn't i didn't even think i was going to because oh man i mean i you know when you go to yoga and they they say at the end of the day like lay down on your mat and close your eyes and still your mind and all of a sudden yeah. you start thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner. And oh my gosh, like (laughs) I left this at work and you know what I'm going to do for the weekend. And then 20 minutes go by and you like start hounding yourself because you can't quite like, it's like your mind just ramps up and does the opposite. I mean, that really, that was always my experience. Always my experience. Mm -hmm. I have a very busy mind. And so for me to learn that mindfulness is not about stopping your thoughts. It's not sometimes even about stilling them. It it really is about learning how to love your thoughts and just see them and, and, and not even attach uh, a meaning to them and have Mm -hmm. a relationship where you can either hold on to a thought because it feels good or, or let go of one because it's not the truth. And that Mm. was what mindfulness gave me was that I could have a relationship in my mind that I wasn't so scared of anymore, especially with intrusive thoughts, with with those bad looping thoughts that were happening to me, that I could learn how to sift through like the the muddy pond and just take some time to let the mud kind of fall to the ground where I could see a little bit more clear. I could I could know what my next best step was. I may not know what the whole path was, but I knew that I could put one more foot in front of the other and I could, you know, climb out of the darkness that I was in. And so yeah. that that really is, you know, what what mindfulness gave to me is I don't even feel like it it I don't even know if I still to this day <laughs> realize how how just signing up for that one course really could pivot my entire life the way that it has. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. 
like I and the reason that this is so important and I, and I think about it like this is that if you're experiencing any kind of postpartum depression or anxiety but I think about my experience with postpartum depression your mind filters information to see the negative oh yeah so you like you every negative thing is magnified. So it's as if you've taken a magnifying glass, and I know, Terry, you know this, but it's as if you've taken a magnifying glass and you are literally searching through data in the day to find the negative to confirm how crappy things are and how they feel. And it's not that you're consciously doing that, but your brain and your thoughts are doing that all day long, all the time. Like, I can't do this. You know, if this kid does this one more time and, you know, all the bad things, they always do this. They always do that. And, you know, we get really stuck in these negative patterns. So when you're talking about like stopping the pattern or or even just sitting within and acknowledging the pattern and accepting that that's how you're feeling that day, but Mm -hmm. then also consciously trying to say like, oh, but this baby's curls on his head right now are just like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, you know? Yes. And like leaning into some of those joys and, and taking the magnifying glass, taking control of it essentially to also look for those positive things in the day. Just because our mind filters them out and we don't see them doesn't mean that they're not there. Our child didn't like just become less absolutely like magnificent the day that we feel like crap, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's like our ability to see it is what changes that filter in our mind or those thoughts are what changes. So being able to exercise that muscle, practice that muscle to be able to take control of our thoughts and tune into the good because the good is always there. Right? Yes. Yes. I know. It's, um, it's so, I mean, it makes sense that 80% of our thoughts are negative because that was our survival mechanism. I mean, back in the day when we had like real predators and and real threats, like it was so much more beneficial to the well-being of you and your family if you noticed the snake in the road than if you noticed the beautiful poppy, like sitting next to it, you know, like that, that is really what our brain was meant to do is to protect us to watch out for those threats but now we live in a world where you know those day-to-day threats aren't aren't as prevalent and we don't have to worry about the mountain lion um outside of our front door and so we attach to all the other negative things that are going on around us and it just really does prevent us from seeing the beauty and Mm -hmm. and mindfulness can really just uh, help you in, in seeing that beauty and also loving, loving those, those thoughts just as they are, like not trying to force them to go away. I think that was one thing that I noticed about my practice is one day my intrusive thoughts didn't just turn off. It wasn't like the water's on, turn off the faucet. Okay. The water's off. Like I still have intrusive thoughts. I think I always will. My the way that my chemistry is just since I've become a mom and some of the the trauma that I still have just in my journey is, is going to be there. But what I've noticed is that when I have a really worrisome thought or I'm so kind of like looped in, in the negativity is that I don't layer it on with shame. I don't layer yeah. it on with guilt. 
I'm not scared to talk about it. I'm not afraid of what people might think of me. I don't think I'm a monster. Like I just all of a sudden noticed that those associating thoughts that make those negative thoughts even worse, the judgments, they're not, they're not as loud. And if they're there, Mm -hmm. I can say, Oh, hi. Like, yeah, I see you mom guilt. Like I totally see you, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to invite you into my bed with me. Like you can stay at the front door, but that's like as far as you're going to get. And I'll keep my eye on you. And then, you know, if you have to come into my room, into my bed with me, and you are like that strong of a presence, then I'll sit with you and and I'll love you away. Like I'll just accept you and, and take a moment to show up as authentically as I am in that moment. Mealtime with kids can be stressful. But with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals, it can be a lot easier. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. No worrying about ingredients and nutrition, no prep, no mess, and no cooking while wrangling toddlers. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Factor can even be tailored to your schedule. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Take the stress out of meals with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash momwell50 and use code momwell50 to get 50% off your first box. Want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments. Researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments, it's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. 
Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MomWell and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash MomWell. ZocDoc.com slash MomWell. Can we unpack for those listening who may not truly understand what an intrusive thought is? Sure. It's it's um there was a Canadian study. Oh, I don't have the reference right now. I'll have to look it up. But it was released either last year or the year before, talking about how like fifty percent of new moms experience intrusive thoughts. Like these are really prevalent, scary, disturbing thoughts that many many new moms have and feel a lot of guilt and shame about because they don't know what they are or where they're coming from, and sometimes they. Like we may even feel like our brain is kind of turned on us. Oh in a yeah. Way, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it goes back to again that survival mechanism. Like you're holding your brand new baby and you think about falling down the stairs with your baby, and then it makes you that much more hypervigilant to walk down the stairs where you are so in tune with every step and every micro movement you're doing to keep you and baby safe. But that for a new mom, like to be bombarded with those thoughts, like they're not, they're, they're not fun. They're not fun at all. And, and so I think every mother experiences those. I mean, I think every person experiences those. You'll be driving on the highway and, you know, think about like a car accident happening and then you kind of shake your head and do one of those like cartoon, you know, with their cheeks flat back and forth and they're like, and then you kind of <laughs> come back to like, that was weird. Like that was so weird. It's like a little flash, like a little screenplay and then it goes away kind of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, yeah. for, for me, where it became a problem was that I thought that I was those thoughts. I thought that Mm. I was having them because I wanted to do them. And mine were very violent in nature. Mine were really about like, I was that, that mom that thought about hurting their themselves and their child. And I was really scared to use a knife and cook and I didn't want to use scissors. And I just would avoid anything that I thought would make me have those, like those negative intrusive thoughts. And then that is where it became a problem because then I was avoiding things in my life and I was starting to do these internal like rituals. So I think one thing that is so misunderstood about OCD is it doesn't always have to be this outward presenting um, scenario where, you know, classically you see people like start counting their steps or they turn on, you know, they, they, lock and unlock the door 15 times and they're doing these outward things that are visible to try to alleviate the anxiety where my OCD came into play was I was doing all these rituals or these things inside my mind to try to make the thoughts go away that nobody could see me doing. So I would like Mm. pray, like I would barter, I would Imagine like a little guy with a stop sign inside my mind being like, stop thoughts. Like, and you know, I I created a character for him and I would just really kind of do these, these things that, that would make the thoughts worse because I was telling my body and telling my brain like, oh, there's something that I need to pay attention to. Oh, like this is really intense. I should be, I really should be focusing in on this or, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be having this thought go away, go away. And the farther I pushed, 
the more attention they got, the more it told my body like, no, there's something here. And then I'd have heart palpitations and then I'd start to sweat. And then, you know, that fight or flight panic mode kicked in and it was just this cycle that I couldn't get out of. And I think that a lot of moms who experience these really like disturbing levels of these thoughts really feel that way. It's like, um, you know, they're in the kitchen and they all of a sudden picture themselves like using a knife towards their child or something like that. And this like, it feels like a very real, like intrusive thing that, but when I clarify with clients, like a thought doesn't mean an action, Mm -hmm. you know, like it doesn't, a thought is just a thought. And how do you like maybe label or understand it. Cause what I'm hearing from you is that in the moment you thought that these were a part of you as if you were going to do this yes. or you would follow through on it or, um, that there was like an intention or motive behind it. Right. Mm-hmm. When really it is an intrusive thought and it will come and it will go if we learn how to like allow for that to happen sure. or recognize or name that this is just a scary thought mm-hmm. right now, right? Like how can I take care of myself in this moment while this scary thought is here? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what mindfulness, like it gave me kind of the skill set. So one practice in mindfulness is called noting. It's like noting, noting your thoughts or noting your, your um, experiences. And so let's say like you go for a walk outside or you're just outside in the garden with your kids and you hear a a bird chirping, you would note like hearing, just say that to yourself a couple times, hearing, hearing. And then all of a sudden, like your, you know, your eyes move towards a rock and it's glistening in the sun. And so then all of a sudden you're using your sight. And so you say, seeing, seeing, and then a thought pops in your mind on like, oh, I bet the water for my tea is ready. Thinking, thinking. And you kind of just move through that where you're going from sense to sense in whatever order that comes to you and you're just noting your experience. And that practice was really one of the ones that helped me so much with my anxiety because all of a sudden when I was doing it in a state where I felt like, you know, safe and and, and calm, I was able to use that skill in a state where I was not feeling safe or calm. And it was like that muscle memory. It was like that practice that we're talking about where all of a sudden you start generalizing the skills that you're you're purposely doing into moments where you really can use them. And so when I would be having a, an intrusive thought, instead of going down the rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, this makes me a bad mom. Like I'm, I, I can't believe that I'm a psychologist and I like I'm practicing when I'm having these thoughts. Like this is, I'm just such a fraud. I mean, you name it. I was Mm -hmm. thinking it. Mm -hmm. I could say thinking and it wasn't bad thinking. It wasn't good thinking. It was just thinking. I'd say Mm. thinking, thinking, thinking. And then maybe, you know, like my eyes would catch, (laughs) catch something that I saw pretty and I'd be like, okay, like seeing, seeing, or just noticing whatever was in my environment. And it just pulled me out. It just pulled me out of that spiral. And yeah. You know, the noting is, is, is something that we teach in mindful mamas too. It's like, you can do that with your thoughts. You can label what type of thoughts you're having, like, you know, daydreaming or, or list making or worrying. Um, and it just becomes matter of fact. And, and then it stops there. There's no emotional attachment to it beyond what it is. It sounds like 
grounding. Oh, like, so grounding. Yes. Right? Like it sounds like like especially – and I think of this especially for anyone who has experienced any like very real trauma in their life mm-hmm. who gets really like caught up in flashbacks and very physical sensations and things like that, that like bringing them back to the present moment and like what all their senses are taking in and, you know, how your teacup feels in your hands and just – really grounding and bringing your attention to those things in that moment, right? Yes. Yes. It's so, it's, it's, it's incredible what those micro changes can do for, for you. And even, I mean, I do it when, like I said, when I'm feeling good, like I'll just, you know, I tell my daughter a lot of the times, like we'll be on a walk and, you know, we call it like she, she thinks she's a detective and she's like, we're on the hunt to find five beautiful things, mom, what do you see? And like, we're beauty finding, <laughs> we're, we're, I look, love it. you know, yeah. we're finding five to 10 beautiful things that we see and just talking about them. And I, it, it's really cool to see how my daughter has adopted a lot of this. And I haven't implicitly, like I haven't explicitly taught her these skills. I've just started with myself and I started modeling them. And then now all of a sudden she's doing them and asking to do it with me. And I think that's one of the coolest things is that now my practice is a shared experience with my family. Yeah. And that feels so good. Yeah. I definitely see it as when you are already feeling like when you don't need to like ground from trauma or, you know, you're already having a pretty good day and you're not doing it as, as much of like a self-care or like a coping skill, uh, but doing it more like in those joyful moments, I feel like we have such a, well, I, I know we have such a tendency as human beings to run away from joy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'll be in these like really joyful moments with my children. And it's almost as if fear or worry, like that's the moment when, you know, you worry that something will happen to your kids or even some of those intrusive thoughts can ramp up mm-hmm. or whatever. And I just find that mindfulness in those moments really allows me to like sear that joy into my mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I take it all in as much as I can. And I say this, like my youngest now I that I have three and I feel like I, I realize how quickly they go through the stages. And, you know, I'm just when he cuddles up and he climbs in my lap and he's like 18 or 19 months and he's almost like lost all that babiness. I just try and like absorb all of the babiness oh. I can, you know, <laughs> yeah. all the cuddles, all the smells, all the like he snuggles right into me and the curls and every single moment of it because it just feels so good to lean into that joy mm-hmm. more. Yeah, I actually learned a technique. So do you know Brene Brown? She's just course, amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. one thing that she said is, you know, you are having those really beautiful moments and then you think like, oh my gosh, like you like watch your husband go on a camping trip and then you think, what, what if I never see him again? And then it like yeah. ruins that beautiful moment. It's uh, It's really incredible what happens if that happens, which it will, is if you start leaning into gratitude. So you start instead of kind of going down that worry path, you choose again, and you choose a different path that's like, um, you know, I'm so grateful that my husband, like, cooks the best spaghetti sauce in the world. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like just different examples that you things that you can be grateful for. And you start going down the gratitude train. And all of a sudden, you can get that joy back or like you can, you know, avoid that 
anxiety path or the, the worrisome thoughts. And so I do that a lot with my kids. Like you said, like you're having those really beautiful moments and you're searing them into your every being. And then maybe something happens and, and you're taken away from that leading in and saying like, nope, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to think about three things that I love about my kid. And you can kind of lock back in to that joy. And that's yeah. again, just having that awareness that you have a lot more control and opportunities to find the joy than you, than you think. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I love how you worded it. It's almost like, you know, how those shows are becoming really popular where it's like, choose your own adventure. Sure. You know? Yeah. Choose yeah. your own ending. Uh-huh. Like it is so much like that. The more we practice an awareness of our thoughts and really like, where we want to be placing our attention mm-hmm. um, and still noticing the things that come up that, that you know, maybe before would have sent us down a spiral and just acknowledging that it's there but still being able to focus on what brings us joy or whatever is a really powerful skill and it takes that time to develop it. But when you can, you really do have more control. You really can choose the direction. Okay, am I going to spiral right now or am I going to lean into gratitude? And we're not going to get it right Mm -mm. all the time. We're absolutely going to have days where we spiral. We may lack sleep. We may like have had a really crummy day with the kids and there are all kinds of things that impact that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, we you have more control. We have a whole series on the app called The Art of Losing It. And it is literally <laughs> <laughs> about what happens in your brain and in your body and how how can you still love yourself through losing it and what what do you do yeah. after? Um, because we're all we're humans. Like the range of human emotion is allowed. And that is what mindfulness and what Mindful Mamas and what my company is all about is you are allowed to show up exactly as you are and you still, no matter how you show up, deserve love. You deserve gratitude. You deserve joy. You deserve your moments to be moody, your your days to be moody. Like all of you is welcome here. And that is, you know, my biggest purpose in life is, it's just really teaching and, and modeling and drilling that into our mother's minds is that you get to show up here. And part of taking care of your children is taking care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, before we, I want to unpack the app before we get into that. I have one last question and it's, and it's kind of based on my own experience and also, um, clinically what I see with like those really like sticky thoughts, we'll call them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like those really, whether they're OCD thoughts or, um, or I think about even in my sort of, um, like lowest low of my postpartum, I absolutely did not have the same ability to um, control my thoughts, I guess we'll say, as I do now. Sure. And I definitely had to. I spoke to my doctor and I've talked before about receiving treatment to pull myself out of my postpartum because it was like, didn't even want to get up off the couch and shower, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do think that 
I don't know. And I guess I'm curious your your opinion on this. Someone who has had those really strong OCD kind of inclinations or intrusive thoughts, uh, I feel like there is a clinical cutoff or a point at which, yes, we can we can practice mindfulness, but there are sometimes moms who mindfulness paired with medication, especially in the postpartum period, might be a really important piece for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, that goes back to that, you know, I couldn't wait it away any longer. Like when I, when I took, when I, so I'd always use mindfulness as like a therapeutic approach with, with my kids and they always love it because it's just fun. We would do these like mindful activities. And again, like I, I didn't see how it could like how I could use it myself until I really took that 10 week intensive course. And it was from that, I feel like mindfulness, you know, gives you the awareness that either things are good or things are not so good and you need more. And that's, that's what happened to me is that it gave me the awareness that I was moving through my life in such fear and such, um, just disappointment in, in such overwhelm that I needed more help. And I, I got on medication. I saw a therapist. I, you know, really started diving into, to my health and my self care And mindfulness was just that piece for me that, that woke me up that I needed to do more. So for me, it was like mindfulness came and then all the other stuff came. Yeah. But for others, it might be, you know, you, you get to a certain point with your hormones or your brain chemistry. I mean, I think we give people like so much slack. Like if you broke your leg, I would never expect you to walk to the hospital ever, right? Like they, we just wouldn't do that. But when something in your brain is broken, we still expect people to show up and to be able to have the skill set to, you know, call their doctor, make the appointment, show up on time, have the motivation to, you know, do all of those things. And, and that's what I really feel like mental health is so misunderstood is because part of your brain is not working as it should yet nobody can really see it. And, and, right. and you are still, you know, expected to do all those things. And sometimes, like you said, just getting off the couch to shower is like a win, a huge mm-hmm. win in your world. And so absolutely, I think, you know, there isn't a one magic wand, like do this and you'll feel better or do this and your like real clinical mood disorder that you're experiencing will go away. It has to be a myriad of, of different things that you try and that you, that you embrace to see kind of what that combo is that's going to help you get out or get through. Yeah. And when I work with clients, they come to me because I'm a psychotherapist and obviously we start with the therapy skills and you start with the mindfulness and, you know, and it's like for those really more like clinical, like those depressive episodes or like really severe OCDs and anxieties, it's like if you're really, really trying really hard, you know, like you're really actively trying and you're just still in such distress, 
then that becomes a conversation with me with my clients where it's like, you are really like doing all the right thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And maybe talking to your doctor in supplement to the things that you're doing will help give you that relief or kind of recalibrate your brain a little bit to really allow what you're working so hard at doing to be more effective. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just want to throw that in there that like, because this is like a more postpartum audience and, and that, that is such a big part of my healing was, um, and I think like you said, with the mindfulness playing a big role in your like receiving treatment, it was like, I had to get to a place of not judging myself and, and overcome that shame, especially as a mental health professional to go and receive the treatment that I needed to have. Mm -hmm. And I wrestled with that and it was grueling, but I couldn't deny the healing that came after and the um, more patient of a mother I was and just the healing journey that began from there, right? So I'm curious in Canada, because, you know, I'm in the United States, how often do they screen um, postpartum women? Is it just at the six weeks, like, checkup or how how does that typically work? Yeah, this is a big topic of conversation. So it is like, it's some practitioners are getting better than others. I will give some credit. Some more pediatricians are also like talking with moms and screening moms on how they're doing. But the general sense that I get is that it's like, oh, maybe fill out this questionnaire. And then, you know, like there's no real conversation that happens. Yeah. So, so it is sometimes at the six week mark, but it's hit and miss even then. And a lot of the feedback has been that it's like, you know, baby's there and screaming and changing. And there hasn't really been like a conversation or like an opportunity to really check in with moms. So it's, it's kind of similar to the States, I think I would say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that really motivated me to be, you know, fighting the good fight and advocating for maternal mental health is it's the same in the United States. Like I remember so vividly being handed a form when I, my daughter had colic. She cried for three hours a night, a months on end. That also probably contributed to the stress factor of, of my marriage and just my life in general. But oh, she was screaming. And I remember looking at this, this questionnaire thinking like, how in the, excuse me, language, but how in the hell am I going to fill this out? Like, are you seriously like serious woman? Yeah. Like I just remember circling no all the way down and, and handing it back to her. And it felt so disconnected. It was just like, yeah, fill out this form. And even then I don't think that like, I, th- I really thought that I was doing okay. And I was, yeah, I was anxious, but you know, my postpartum hadn't hit it hadn't reached its peak. Um, at six weeks postpartum. And then when I found out that most women, this is such a sad statistic, but the women that, that die by suicide that have postpartum, it typically happens between nine and 12 months postpartum. And we are not like, we are missing that population of women. Like where, who are they talking to? Where are they getting screened? And, and so, yeah, like you said, just really looping in, like it has to be, such a cultural shift and like a medical shift where doctors are given the support, pediatricians are given the support when you take your child to a well visit, like they're, they're looking at the whole family unit. 
Um, right. And that's just. Well, yeah, because baby gets tracked for all their shots up until like, what, three or four. Mom has her, she's released from her like OBG here at six weeks postpartum. And then she goes back to her GP. Yeah. And, and it's up to her whenever she goes to see them. And so like, and I remember like my postpartum kind of came on in between eight and 12 weeks. In, and I feel like on average, it kind of comes on beyond the three-month mark when mm-hmm. all the dust has settled and all the support is gone and stuff like that. Yeah, when the village is quieter. Exactly. And like I remember being like struggling with my third um, at like the six or seven-week visit, whatever it was, and just thinking like not a single person has asked me how I am. Yeah. Not a single person. Oh, it's so and, sad. Like, and maybe the assumption is like, oh, she's a like third time mom. She knows what she's doing. But I had three kids, three and under at home. Like it was just mayhem. You yeah. Know? And every pregnancy and child and experience is so different. It's so different. Yeah. Like yeah, I, have- so I have a very similar, I have a very similar, um, like passion as you to mm-hmm. like, I, I work with doulas and people. Uh, midwives postpartum to try to teach them like screening methods or or warning signs and red flags and things that they can do to try to put the bug in. And I provide them like free resources and handouts to give to moms so that they can at least plant the seed, you know, mm-hmm. before they release them kind of off into the wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. And I think these conversations are, are helping, you know, like you just having this this platform and, and serving women and educating them and for the listeners out there, like you're doing such a good job just getting information and, and hearing stories of other women walk maybe different paths or similar paths or just collecting that that information that can help you and your family just live and show up the way that, that you hope to. And, um, yeah, we just, we just have to, we have to do better. Um, my, the, the woman that narrates all the meditations on the app, she's, uh, the head of mindfulness and she just has the most incredible voice. But she said to me, like when we started this journey to create this, this product, you know, when do we, when do we stop mothering the mothers? Like we have to mother the mothers. And, um, it's so interesting still because, so we have some mommy and me, meditations in the app, which mm-hmm. are so fun. They're so fun. But then um, I just had uh, a woman who actually she's the editor for Mindful Mamas. And she's, you know, homeschooling her kids are elementary age. And she does a lot of the breathing techniques and some of the exercises in the app with with her daughter. And she said, you know, do you think we're going to build out the kid library? And I had to, you know, I had to pause her for a moment. And I said, remember like we're, we're trying to serve the mother and then this, we can start inviting the family into the conversation, but women and moms are so quick to say like, well, I'm going to get some resources for my kids or I'm going to do this for my kids. And then they miss themselves. Like they like missed up, like that, you know, first it needs to come through them and then into their children. I'm like, just by you playing a meditation that maybe is not fit for you know, an eight-year-old girl, but maybe like her watching you work through that breathing technique or that, that mantra or that, you know, mini pause, um, that right there is serving her, whether the words are landing in her, you know, (laughs) she's understanding exactly what Karina, the narrator is saying. Um, 
in, in the session. And she's like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe like I work for mindful mamas. And I just had that moment. I was like, we're all going to have those moments. Like that's where we go to first is taking care of our children. We're, we're constantly course. wanting to take care of our children. And that's why we've really held that line. Like maybe one day we'll, we'll launch a kid's app, a uh, kid's version and <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that would be amazing. But right now we have to mother the mothers. You yeah. Have to. Yeah. Oh, I so agree. And I want to like tell us all about the app because sure. I it is like the most beautiful. It's even just soothing to look at. Thank so tell you. me, like, tell me all the features and stuff. And I know that you're going to be offering a promotion for Mother's Day. So tell us all about it. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, for the month of May because it is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month and also Mother's Day, we're offering twenty percent off an annual subscription. So that's really exciting. Um, and you can gift it to like your best friends, your mom, your husband, your your partner can get it for you. Um, so we're really excited to, to see more women come in, but you know, we're, we're only like a month out of the gate. We just launched on March 19th. And when we went to go build this, this custom software piece, which never in my mind (laughs) did I think that I would be running like a tech like company. Um, but we said we want it to feel like a virtual sanctuary. And so for you to say that it feels so soothing, like that means the world to me because that was so important. We just wanted you to open the app and feel like, (sighs) like I can breathe here, that there's something here for me. And so we are both, we're all moms that like run mindful mamas and we get how busy it is. And so, um, one thing that was really important to us is that we had a variety of different exercises that you could do throughout your day that didn't take a long time. So we have this whole section called mini pauses that are one to three minute exercises that you can do from morning to night. And it's, it's really fun because you open the app and it's like a little wheel that asks you where you are in your day. Are you on the go? Are you at work? Are you taking a break? Do you want family connection? Are you doing chores? I mean, are you cooking dinner? Like wherever you are, you click on where you're at and then you can get in these like guided or you can read about it. You can either read about it or be guided by Karina. Um, these exercises that will, you know, just kind of help fill your cup throughout your day. So you're doing dishes and you turn it on or you're taking a shower and you turn it on. Um, so that was really important to us to, to be able to give them those like micro bites, um, Mm -hmm. throughout the day. And then we have guided meditations, which are like, um, what you classically see on other mindfulness and meditation apps. But what's so different about ours, what we love is that the onboarding experience, we ask you where you are in your motherhood journey, because we don't feel like motherhood is a one size fits all. And like what I need with my one and a half year old is so much different than what I need with my four-year-old. And it's so much different than what my neighbor needs with her preteen. And so Mm -hmm. we wanted to capture where you were in your journey because we think about motherhood as a developmental stage. It's called matrescence. And Mm -hmm. um, you move through the phases of motherhood just like a, a child would. There's toddlerhood, there's adolescence. And so we really offer up personalized content based on where you are in your journey. So it's, it's really fun. Like you, you know, you have like your motherhood stages on top and then you have all the categories that can, um, you can dive into at any stage of your journey. Um, but that was really important to us as we serve women from trying to conceive all the way up to adult children. So we grow with you. 
which I love. Um, yeah, I love because it, there's no drop off. We didn't want that drop off where like, Oh, your kids are, you know, teenagers, like, sorry, the content, the content ends for you. Right. No Um, longer applies. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or like the moms that feel like their mother's at heart and they're just starting their journey into motherhood. Like we didn't want to forget about them or, you know, like we just, we just yeah. wanted all moms to see themselves in the app. And so we are excited because we plan to launch with like more stages for unique situations like moms with kids with special needs or military moms or moms of angel babies. Like we really want to um, expand our, our library to serve any type of, of event or phase of motherhood that could possibly show mm. up in a woman's mm-hmm. life. I love that so much. And I think that one of the things that we get caught up in, in mindfulness is like, oh, I need to like carve out this time to like meditate and and do this whole guided imagery script. But the fact that you have custom built this around mom's schedule and mom's lifestyle makes it so much more accessible and and easy for moms to tune into, right? Like practically they can use it. Oh yeah. And you know what's so funny is I'm already seeing, I just was talking to this mom and I was asking her like, she's like, I love your app. It's like helping so much. And I'm like, well, just out of curiosity, like where, what do you gravitate towards? And she's like, I do, you know, the mini pauses and the mantras and the breathing techniques, like the shorter ones. And I said, well, that's great. And she's like, yeah, but I feel like, you know, I, I'm failing cause I, I'm not doing the longer, like 10 minute guided meditations. And I was like, just watch, just wait. I say, you keep doing those mini like exercises. And all of a sudden you're going to start craving like longer periods or, or more enriched experiences for longer periods of time. And you'll start gravitating towards like the guided meditations. You'll do it when you're in the shower. You'll do it before bed. And like, it's all about, you know, just starting somewhere that feels comfortable and feasible for you. And all of a sudden you start craving that. Like (laughs) my daughter is four and she knows, like, she, she tells me sometimes she puts me in what we call time in, (laughs) not time out, but time in. And she'll say like, mommy, I think you need to go meditate. Like you're a little grumpy. (laughs) Like I crave, you know, my 10 minutes or my 20 minutes of of space to, to meditate. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really neat because I think, I think like, especially that woman in particular, she's like, yeah, I didn't think about that, but just encouraging her to keep doing those mini ones. And then you'll see, like, you'll see where, where the other offerings will come into play. Well, if I think about the need in my life, it is those short ones for in those like when I need to break up the day because mm-hmm. all three kids are like whining and wrestling and fighting and like all the things and I need to like steal a minute in the bathroom by myself to like reset. The need is to have something that can like I can adapt in that time, right? Like it's so important. Yeah, I mean the, that made me laugh cuz we we have an exercise called bathroom break <laughs> and it's like for all the moms that you know hide hide from their They're kids hiding. for a second like we, yeah we wrote that for that purpose we're like what do we do when we like need just a moment I'm like I always hide in either the pantry or the bathroom <laughs> like we need to write an exercise for for that time yeah um, I love it yeah I honestly feel like I could talk to you all day long and like through this interview I've just come to like love you so deeply I feel oh, like I so hope sweet. this is the <laughs> beginning of a of a connection for you and I, I love the work you're doing 
And I just appreciate, like I said before, with I know the kids are at home and you and your husband are at home and trying to, you know, shuffle all the things right now with COVID and you're running a business. I just so sincerely appreciate you taking the time to be here and the work that you're doing and how you are impacting moms is so special. And I just, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you being here with us today. Oh my gosh. Likewise. Thank you so much for just allowing me to, you know, be in your earbuds. I wish we could like sit next to each other, but just, you know, be in your earbuds and in your space and and to connect with your audience and all the moms and moms to be and partners listening to this. Like you just are doing such an incredible job. I'm so excited that you are, you know, like podcasting just seems like such a big feat. I mean, I I've thought about it in the past. I'm like, no, I have to learn how to like record things and, and scheduling and like, it just, it seems so overwhelming. And so for you to do it with three small children too, I, I think the, the world of you as well. Oh, thank you. And we'll definitely have you back. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Talk to you later. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for the resources and things that we're discussing today's show, you can find them in the show notes, which is linked in the episode description, or you can head directly to happyasamother.co slash podcast and find all of the show notes there. If you're looking for support and connection with other moms, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash happy as a mother and join our Facebook community. This community is filled with women just like you and I who want to support and uplift one another through our postpartum journey. And until next episode, mama, I want you to know, keep showing up. You're doing a great job. Settling is not an option for Everything me. I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? <laughs> because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome to For the Girls podcast, hosted by Victoria Alario, For the Girls Who Want More. Listening to For the Girls will have you ready to raise the bar, stop settling for the bare minimum, and start believing you can have it all and step into the 2.0 version of you. You can catch a new episode of For the Girls every Monday across all podcast platforms. Until next time, girls.